Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Listen, while you're still standing this morning, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 9. We'll do this morning's tithe and offering at the conclusion of the service. Aren't you glad for this worship team? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So now I want to say, uh, Jordan's going to be leaving us for a while, uh, going to be working out of town, so today's his last day, so make sure you go by him and um, let him know you love him, and uh, be praying for him and missing him, and also uh, Sister Sandy and him are always looking for musicians, so if you are a talented musician, uh, need to get with her and uh, get involved. If you know somebody that's talented, that's not involved in a church, get with them and uh, bring them out here. Push, pull, or drag. Either one. Amen? Always looking for talented musicians and uh, vocalist as well so you can get with Sister Sandy uh, and they can steer you in the right direction so good to see everybody this morning we welcome you today to McCullough Christian Center so glad <clears throat> to have you joining us uh, ever which way that you're doing that today we're so glad to have you as a part of our service uh, once again, uh, the service is kind of going in a uh, channel or a, a path, trail. And so I know today that God is desiring to speak uh, to not only us here, but others. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject uh, of dealing with the impossible dealing with the impossible mark chapter 9 and we're going to begin reading with verse 17 got several verses i want to read in this passage and um, and i'm going to move on because i don't want to hold you too long this morning but mark chapter 9 begin with verse 17 how many of you uh, are uh, participating in the prayer and fasting in time of consecration that we're in uh, the first few weeks of January. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being a part of that. Uh, we started last Monday, uh, and I think it was the 11th that, that we started, and uh, you might have started earlier. Uh, we're, not, we're not as much concerned about the dates as we are uh, the principle of what we're doing to consecrate ourselves the first month of the year and to dedicate ourselves uh, to uh, hearing the heart of God and not only hearing the heart of God but following uh, the, the heart of God. And so that's the reason that we're doing this uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's not only prayer but it's prayer and fasting. So I want to share just a little bit on that this morning and uh, some things that I believe that God has dealt with me on. Uh, so, and ho hopefully uh, you can uh, gain from it and uh, grow from it. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tears him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake 
to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, brought the son unto Jesus. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? The father said of a child, And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Father, we thank you today for your word. Now, Father, let the power of your word penetrate our hearts down to the very core of who we are. Let us be changed, challenged, and strengthened by your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Mark chapter 9 and verse 29, where Jesus said, uh, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting in the King James Version. In the English Standard Version, it reads like this. Jesus said to him, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. All right? And uh, I wanted to read that because... This story uh, takes in so much. It takes in the fact that this father brought his son to uh, the disciples of Jesus. Those that were following Christ. Those that uh, were, were experiencing and witnessing all the miracles and the works of Christ. So this man brought his son, which was demon-possessed, and uh, wanted the disciples to cast this demon out. Now, many people today believe that, that those things are gone, that we no longer have to deal with demonic possession and demon spirits and things like that. Uh, I just simply ask you the question, what is behind all the evil in the world? So, uh, I'm glad we could settle that. Uh, but they brought him to, to the disciples. And the Bible says uh, that the disciples uh, tried to cast this demon out, but to no avail. Maybe they were like a lot of people uh, in churches today. Uh, you had some over here that was saying, come out, devil. And uh, some over here were saying, loose him, devil, and, and all of that. And some over here saying, I plead the blood of Jesus, and, and I declare the name of Jesus. you got to come out in the name of Jesus, and, 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 and nothing happens. I don't know how the disciples did, but the fact is that the devil did not come out. 
even though they tried and even though they probably had prayed, uh, the devil did not come out. And so this man uh, brought him to Jesus and told him the story. And Jesus uh, said to him in verse 23, he said, if you can believe. Now, of course, we, we understand that everything about our relationship with God and everything that God does through us as human vessels comes by faith. It comes through our believing. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And so everything that God does through you will come through a heart that is believing. But Jesus said to this man, he said, if you can believe, he said, all things, all things, all things, all things are possible. So I want to talk to you this morning about dealing with the impossible because we're in times today in 2021 where we're facing some impossible situations. And I want to tell you this morning that you better lay down your religious ideas and your traditionalism and what grandma and grandma did and recognize that God is wanting to do a new thing in you and through you. I'm not talking bad about grandma and grandpa, but I'm telling you this morning, this is not 1930 anymore. We're dealing with things today that would blow your grandparents' minds. I'm dealing with things today that if my dad were alive, I've often wondered what he would say and how he would react. Because we are in a time today that if there was ever a time, we need to find a way to get out of a religious rut and touch the heart of God. We must, church, find a way to break out of this normal way of doing things and recognize that the God that we talk about on every Sunday morning, the God who is greater, the God who is able, the God who is bigger than all of your mountains, the God who redeemed you out of your sin. The God who broke the curse of sin from over your life. The God who spoke to Isaiah in Isaiah 53 and said that, that he would heal you. He would bring restoration to you. The God that the writer of Proverbs said whose name is a strong tower that the righteous can run to and find safety. The God that James uh, spoke about and said the fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous would avail much. We've got to recognize that we've gotten into this rut about a lot of talk about how good God is, but yet we're not seeing God do the impossible in our lives. And I want to go ahead and tell you, it is not a new program, and it's not a new book from a new author. It is not a new conference. It is not a good speaker that's going to come in that will bring revival. But God spoke to me several weeks ago, and he said, Son, it is time to speak to the church and tell them to come back to the old way of worship and the old way of doing things. And I want to go ahead and say it here while I'm here. It is not how high you jump. It is not how loud you speak in tongues. It is not how loud you worship. But it is coming back to recognizing that without the power of Holy Ghost in your life, you are powerless. Listen, Jesus cast out devils with this. Jesus pointed a finger at demon spirits and they left out. Jesus spoke, go to the devil and demon spirits left. 
It is not about our begging. I've been praying for people before, and we've spent hours praying for them, rebuking the devil, calling the devil out, and all of those things, and walk away discouraged and disappointed because they were still the same. There has got to be something that the church is missing. There has got to be something that the body of Christ has yet to tap into that will bring the anointing and the power that God's Word has spoken of. Jesus, when He spoke to this man, The man's response is one that I believe this morning that we need to let it be our response in a spirit of humility and brokenness. Because this man looked at Jesus and the Bible says that he cried out to Jesus with tears coming down his face. Because he had dealt with religion that had no power. He had dealt with people that supposedly had the power but had no power. He was disappointed, discouraged, and frustrated. But when he met Jesus, he looked at Jesus and with tears streaming down his face, He cried out to Jesus and said this. He said, Lord, I believe. But he didn't stop there. He said, Lord, I believe. But help thou my unbelief. That's where I want to talk to you about this morning. Help thou my unbelief unbelief let me tell you something the importance of prayer and fasting the modern church for the most part leaves out that word fasting many of the modern translations of the Bible say that that uh, or make the statement of where Jesus said this kind can come forth only by or by nothing but prayer and fasting many of the modern translations only use by prayer and leave out fasting but i'm telling you this morning there is a reason that men of old preachers of old pastors and prophets of old had something with god there is listen There's a reason that men like my dad and my mom, and and yes, I'm bragging, just bear with me, but I've seen and I've watched as my dad would lay hands on people and they would instantly be healed. I've watched as my dad would lay hands on Oh, people that had tumors and cancers, and later they would come back and say, I got sick, and that cancer came up, and, it, and they were healed instantly. I know this might blow some people's minds, but I'm going to just go ahead and be honest with you. Up until now, Your religion and your traditions and your watered-down gospel has not had any effect on our culture. Yeah, we get a few people saved every once in a while. We see a few lives changed every once in a while. But when it really comes down to it, the gospel that that we uh, speak for the, for the most part, is not changing our culture. We've got a culture that knows how to lift their hands and they know how to worship. But Jesus didn't say this kind comes out through worship and prayer. He said it comes out through prayer and fasting. 
Listen, worship has got its place. But nowhere do you find where Jesus went and spent time in worship with the Father. But he always went and spent time in prayer with the Father. He didn't go into the Garden of Gethsemane and kneel down and put his face on a rock and say, Lord, I pray my soul to keep. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray my soul, the Lord, to take if I should die before I wake. And, and I'm killing that prayer, but you understand what I'm saying. He didn't do that. He didn't go into the Garden of Gethsemane and, and, and get the worship team to come and say, let's have a worship service because it is not, I, I, I'm struggling with what God is calling me to do. No, he went in the Garden of Gethsemane and he knelt down and the Bible says he prayed. Listen, why did Jesus pray? If Jesus was God's son, why did he pray? If he was God incarnate, why did he spend so much time praying to the Father? There are three things that I want to give you. The first one is that Jesus prayed to the Father to give you and I an example to follow. He prayed as an example. The second thing is that Jesus was in the flesh. And there is an example in that that shows us that because we are in the flesh, God is a spirit, and they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The third reason, and I think it's one of the very important reasons that you and I should pray is that Jesus, being God incarnate, being God in the flesh, walking on this sin-cursed earth, his desire was to commune with his Father. In other words, Jesus, when he spent time in prayer, his desire was to have communion with the Father. Prayer is communion with your heavenly Father. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not just talking about prayer when you kneel down and have your prayer time. The Bible says this, that, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Jesus said that. The Bible says, I would, that men everywhere would pray and lift up holy hands before God. So you can pray wherever you are. You can be a prayer meeting wherever you go. You can pray and touch heaven driving down the road, as long as you're driving the speed limit. That counted 99.9% .9 of us out of the picture probably. Amen. But you can pray driving down the road. You can pray on your job. Pray without ceasing. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5 and verse 16 talking about Jesus that Jesus would withdraw himself from the crowd and pray. In other words, he would withdraw himself away from everybody else and go into the wilderness and pray. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12 says that it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer unto God. So in other words, Jesus would go and pray all night. How many of you have ever been to an all-night prayer meeting? How many of you have ever spent all night in prayer? Prayer changes things. Prayer is the most important key to the kingdom of heaven. But fasting, I believe, is the most important tool. 
you got to understand that, that when we talk about prayer, every other religion prays. Have you ever thought about that? Every other religion prays. The Buddhists pray, the Hindu pray, the Muslim prays. Seven times a day, they kneel down and face toward the east or face toward Mecca, and they pray on their mat, praying. The Jews pray. They go to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, and they stand on that wall, and they rock back and forth, and they pray, and they call upon God. Every religion prays. Listen, I've read of stories where uh, uh, lost tribes or tribes that have never been discovered were discovered in the deep jungles of the Amazon. Tribes that had never had any outside contact with civilization. But in those tribes, they have rituals and pray. That lets us know that what the writer of Ecclesiastes said in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11, it says this, talking about God, that God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Every individual, God has put eternity into their heart. It doesn't matter if it's a Satanist. It doesn't matter if it's a New Ager. It doesn't matter if it's a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Hindu. God has put eternity into every man's heart. That is the reason that every religion has some form of God that they pray to. It might be a cow, it might be a, 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 a stump of a tree, or it might be a fish or a chicken or something like that, but every religion prays because inside of every human being there is a desire to reach out to touch the supernatural. Now that doesn't mean that all of those religions are Praying and getting an answer from the right God. There is only one true God. And only one Son. And only one Holy Spirit. So don't get mixed up in this culture where you see all these people grouped together. And you got all kinds of religions and all kinds of, of doctrines and ideas and opinions and, and they're all coming together and praying. The Christians pray a little while and the Muslims pray a little while and the, the Hindu pray a little bit and, and the Buddhists pray a little bit and, and, and the, all the others and they all pray together. Don't get mixed up with that. Understand today that the only prayer that God answers is coming out of the heart of somebody who believes he is who he says he is. Listen, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14 through 17 talks about the armor of God. And, it, and, and we spend a lot of time talking about I'm, I'm putting on my armor. And, and I've done it too. And I, and I, I do it in my prayer. I say, God, I want to put on the armor. I want to. I want to put on. Uh, I want to girt myself uh, with the belt of truth, and I. I want on that breastplate of righteousness, and and the feet. I want my feet to be shod with the preparation of peace, and and the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. And I said, God, I want to put that armor on. I want that truth around me. That shield of faith, that helmet of salvation, and, and those boots that, that, are, that are 
shod with the prep, my feet that are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we talk about that. Listen, I'm, I'm talking about dealing with the impossible. Because we're dealing, we're dealing with impossible things today. It's not only COVID-19 that we're dealing with, but we're dealing with a culture today. That is so volatile. Ideas today and opinions today that are detrimental not only to our nation, but they're detrimental to our way of life. We've got to recognize, church, that God is calling us, and I believe in 2021 that God is calling us. This is, this is one of the most unusual times that we've ever seen. It is one of the most important times that I believe that the church has ever been in. And I know that today you would probably like to hear a message that's going to make you jump and shout and all that. But listen, when you go back to the old path, you got to recognize that there's a way uh, that God wants us to do things. And we've got to find that. And prayer and fasting, I believe, is that, that place. But we talk about putting on all of this armor and we talk about it and we walk with our Bible and we're, we know the truth. We walk in faith. But there's another aspect of your armor that we very seldom talk about. And it is found in verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6. Because after the apostle Paul wrote that armor down and describe the armor that we as Christians need to put on and wear after he described all of that in verse 18 he made this statement praying always not just the first 21 days of January not just when somebody gets sick not just on Sunday morning, but Paul said praying always with all prayer. And I believe that word all prayer is, is a statement that, that, that takes in every kind of prayer. When I'm walking in my house, I'm praying. When I'm driving in my vehicle, I'm praying. When I'm on my job, I'm praying. When I'm in Walmart, I'm praying. You say, Pastor, how in the world would you ever get anything done? If you understand and get in a habit of that, you will find yourself every time you see something, you'll just begin to pray and you'll begin to declare the Word of God. You'll find yourself when you're driving down the road, all of a sudden you're just praying in the Spirit and declaring the Word of God. You're listening to something on the news and all of a sudden, you just begin to pray. Paul said, all prayer and supplication, letting, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. You see, there, there are times that we as a body come together and pray. But there are more times that we as individuals need to pray. You've got plenty of time. Just relax. Listen. There is one thing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. They didn't ask Jesus to teach them the Ten Commandments. They didn't ask Jesus to teach them how to do miracles. But there is one thing in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1 
that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. The Bible says that it came to pass, that is, he was praying in a certain place, that when he finished or when he ceased praying, that one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, now I want you to get this. Jesus was praying. The Bible says that he was in a certain place. We don't know where he was. Could have been uh, the garden or on the mountain or, or somewhere. But we do know this, that while he was praying, his disciples were undoubtedly close by. And they were watching and perhaps listening. And when he had finished, they didn't come up and interrupt him. And I thought about that. I said, you know, if it had been me, perhaps I would have just bust right on up in there and say, man, Jesus, you got to teach me how to do that. They didn't do that. And I believe the reason that they didn't do that is because what they were witnessing and what not only had they witnessed then, but they had witnessed it day after day after day following Jesus. Because this was something that he did every day. That they witnessed him. They heard the passion of his prayer. They heard the heart of him as he was speaking to his heavenly father. But here is something else. Even though they had watched him many times and listened to him as he met with the Father in prayer, sometimes all night in prayer, they had watched. There was something that they witnessed and something that they saw in that. They watched Jesus time after time after time on his knees before the Father praying. No doubt, kind of like when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he told his disciples, wait here while I go yonder and pray. And when he came back, they were asleep. No doubt they were asleep because Many times they had watched him go yonder and pray, and it would be all night before he would come back, and so they would sleep while he was praying. So it wasn't that they were ungodly when he came back and found them sleeping, but it was just a different time. But they had watched him many times, and, and all night he would pray. But here's something that I believe that they picked up. I believe it's something that they had caught, Pastor T. You see, there are things about God that, that we can teach to you, that you can be taught and you will get it. But there are other things that you catch them. That's the reason that if you surround yourself by a bunch of backbiters, gossipers, and numbskulls that don't ever have anything good to say, that are always doubting and fault-finding, then you will find that you will catch more than you need to. But if you will surround yourself by men and women that walk in faith, that believe by faith, that declare the word of truth, 
that believe that with God nothing is impossible, that will, that will step out on a limb and say, I just trust God. If you will follow people like that, you will find that you will not only be taught some things, but you will catch some things that will radically change your life, Brother Carl. That's the reason that in 2021, we've got to stop the excuse. I can't get to church today. I can't make it today. I've got other things going on because you are going to need to be around men and women of God that have something that perhaps you don't have. And I want to give you a good example of that. As, as a child coming up, as a young boy coming up, as a teenager coming up, I was the most evil, wicked, mean individual that you would ever want to be around. I lived in the house with a mom and dad that prayed for me daily. I was a class a numbskull and I haven't looked that up but you understand what I'm saying I did much of my dirty work at church because that's the only place mom and dad let me go but I have discovered I have discovered sister Deborah that even in all of my sinning and all of my running and all of my pushing back that that godly mom and dad rubbed off on me sister Judy things that I didn't even know was happening You ain't getting that. It, you need to understand, Mom and Dad. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't faint. Don't quit. Don't slow down. Don't tone your prayers down. Don't get quiet. If anything, get louder. If anything, get more vocal and declare the Word of God in your home. Don't lay down and don't grow faint and don't grow weary because in due season you will reap if you faint not. Don't be afraid to get around that son or that daughter that's running from God and just begin to pray in an unknown language and begin to declare the Word of God over their life because you don't know that the anointing is rubbing off on them. You don't know that the power of the gospel is rubbing off on them. I'm going to go home this evening and I'm going to listen to this word again because it's feeding me. Because you don't know how many battles that I fight that the devil says you don't need to go there. You need to calm down, tone down. Ain't going to happen. Listen. I'm still not where I wanted to go with that. So the disciples had watched Jesus over and over pray, and they had heard him pray. But then they would watch him when the morning broke. After praying for hours and hours at night, 
They would watch him as the morning broke, Sister Sherry, and he would walk up, and they watched him as a man that would come to him and say, Master, I took my son to your disciples. He's, he's demonic-possessed and all of that, and I took him to your disciples for them to pray and cast the devil out, but they couldn't do it, Master. They prayed for him. They begged and all of that, but the, de the demon wouldn't come out, and so I brought him to you and here's the disciples standing around watching this unfold and Jesus looks at them and says man what am I going to do with y'all and then he looks at the father and said if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes and he said Lord I believe but help thou my unbelief and Jesus spoke a word and the demon came out of the son I want you to get this they had watched him and listened to him pray for hours and hours and then they would watch him that in a matter of three seconds, he would speak to a demon and it would come out. There is a powerful, powerful, powerful lesson in that for us in 2021 because we have been flip side of that. We have talked, we have preached, we have cried, we have prayed, we have done all of this, but nothing is changing. Churches have been filled, and in 2020, they emptied out. But the world has not changed. You would think that because of all the things that we're going through, that the church would be on its face before God, crying out for mercy from God to come and heal our bodies and heal our land. But yet, we're not seeing that. I think we're missing the example that the disciples caught in that they recognized that this man, Sister Debbie, that is spending all of these hours in prayer can spend all that time praying and communicating with the Father and then get up and in a split second cast a demon out. That can get up and in a split second can walk in front of the grave of a man that had been dead for three days and say, Lazarus, come out, and it would happen. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus said this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. Listen, in Luke chapter 21, and I'm fixing clothes. Sister Sandy, would you guys come? There are two reasons, I believe, that there's a lack of prayer in the body of Christ. Because you see, there's a difference in Sunday worship and Wednesday night prayer meeting. And I should have said this earlier and you could have got mad and you would have been glad by now and all that but I might be fixing to make you mad but I'm not apologizing for it you see why is it that our Sunday morning worship under normal conditions is filled with people everybody gathers on Sunday morning Everybody gathers at the house of God. You can drive down the road and churches on left and right. Everywhere, the parking lots would be filled with cars as people would gather on Sunday morning to worship. But on Wednesday night, prayer meeting. Many churches don't even turn the lights on in their sanctuary. 
because they don't have enough people to make it worth it. Somewhere down the line, we have flipped it. And we gather on Sunday morning to hear a great, 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 great word. And some awesome worship. That's good. But when we, when we say we're going to have a prayer meeting, uh, they're just going to pray tonight. I'm not going. I'm not, listen, I'm not beating you up, and I'm not condemning you. I'm, I'm giving you a word this morning of what God gave to me dealing with the impossible. And I believe this morning that the church is the answer, the only answer for where we are today. What would happen on Wednesday night We've been praying here on Wednesday evening, Wednesday night, and we're going to do it through the month of January, and we might go even farther than that. Because I believe I'm sensing some things that God's going to begin to do on Wednesday night. But what would happen if the parking lot filled up on Wednesday night If it did, more than likely it would grow exponentially on Sunday. See, because it's one thing for you to pray at your house, but it's another thing when you come together with the body of Christ. And just begin to pray. See, there are two things that I believe that are hindrances to prayer. And the first one is people are so distracted. They're so distracted. And then they're unconcerned. So there's no prayer. All week this week, this this has been going over and over in my mind as we as I've been focusing on prayer and fasting. As I said earlier, the atmosphere that I grew up in and and even in my rebellion and my pushing against that and, and all of that, I was so blessed because I got to see miracles take place and I got to see people delivered and healed. Broken legs healed. And I remember talking with my dad. And my dad would make this statement. He would say, son, after I got sick and had my heart attacks, he said I was disabled, wasn't able to work. 
He said, but I knew God had called me to preach. And he said, son, I would begin prayer and fasting. And he said, there have been many times that I've been out in the woods walking and praying. And I would step across a stream of water that was crystal clear and pretty. And he said, but I wouldn't bend down to drink a drink of that water because I was thirsting for God more than I was thirsting for a drink of water. And he said, I would pray and fast. And he said, I would fast and pray and God would do miracles. God would work over and over this week that's been going through my mind. You say, well, pastor, are you trying to to be like your daddy? No, I'm not trying to be like my daddy, but I want some of what he had. Because if you walked out of that grave, I'm walking too. If you cause the blind eyes to be open, then I'm going to cause the blind eyes to be open too. If you heal the deaf and the lame, then I'm going to heal the deaf and the lame too. You see, because I want to be like my heavenly father, because that's who my earthly father was like. And I believe that in the hour that we're living in, that God is saying, this is the time, this is the season that we as a body of Christ need to begin to pray and fast. I'm going to share just a little bit more of this on Wednesday night. Won't be, won't be much. I'm going to give you just a little bit more. But we're going, to, we're going to pray on Wednesday nights. I'm believing that God's about to turn Wednesday night prayer upside down. And that the glory of God is going to begin to move. So I want you to stand with me this morning. Here's the thing. The message that I preached this morning. There's an anointing and there's a, there's a presence of God that will move. I, I, I experienced that. I experienced this last year at the, at the beginning of 2020. And I've also experienced it this year at the beginning of 2021. That I know that when I'm fasting and praying, I know God is moving me. And the reason that I know that is because 11 months and 29 days before I begin my fast, I am feeding my body pecan pie, cornbread, biscuits, and all kind of other stuff so that when I begin to fast, I'll stay sick for about three days with a bad headache as my body detoxes all the mess that I've been putting in it for the past 11 months and 29 days. So I know that when I begin to fast and I don't get sick, I know Holy Spirit is strengthening my body. You know, I think it was Elijah ate some food that the angels prepared and he went, what was it, 40 days into the wilderness on the strength of that food. So I know when God is, an, is anointing me to fast. Because nobody here loves to eat more than I do. 
Nobody here, Brother Carl, loves to stop in the store and get a Snickers bar better than me, man. See, that lets me know that God is doing something. So here's the thing. There are times when the anointing of God moves and empowers you. And then there are times when you just simply have to say, I am about to deal with this flesh been there too where you just have to deal with the flesh and God comes and blesses that there are things that you're going to hear today that, that you were taught but there are things this morning that God spoke to you that you caught that your neighbor didn't catch So here's the thing. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. Go ahead. Go ahead and I'll, I'll stop. As they begin to worship this morning, I want you to remember two things. Jesus said to this man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Second thing is, the response of this man said Lord I believe but help thou my unbelief that's where we are this morning God deal with my unbelief